Hello from Toronto and thank you for joining us for the June 2020 Meeting Highlights podcast. This podcast will cover some of the agenda items discussed at the IPSASB's recent first ever virtual meeting in June. I am Ross Smith, Program and Technical Director of the International Public Sector Accounting Standards Board, the IPSASB. Joining me from the UK is IPSASB Chair Ian Carruthers. Ian, what's your overall assessment of the IPSASB's first virtual meeting? What were some of the challenges you experienced in chairing a virtual meeting? Also, could you highlight any positive points that may have surprised you? Thanks, Ross. Yes, as you say, this was our first fully virtual meeting. And I have to say, I think it went extremely well, notwithstanding the fact that we all had to get used to the new environment. Certainly, um, it is a a challenge in terms of the fact, not least, that we had less time, uh, 12 hours, uh, three our sessions each day rather than full four days of discussions Um, and we also had to manage the agenda so we made the decision that um, we although we authorized the project brief for natural resources back in March uh, we'd allow the task force to go away and work on the issues before we have our first meeting uh, discussion on that in September we've also decided to delay the start of the development of our mid-period work plan uh, consultation document the first discussion that we have on that is now likely to be in uh, December this year so we made some decisions on how we were actually going to manage the meeting in terms of content um, and I think it's actually just as chair it's quite uh, quite different actually looking for uh, electronic hands being raised rather than uh, flat going up around the room and the fact that you can't actually see all the technical advisors and observers even although um, you know that uh, that they're there virtually so it feels it feels different and I, I'm sure it feels different for members and you don't have the build-up in terms of uh, travel and, and and so on I think um, you know positively actually it's amazing how much you can get through um, through uh, a virtual meeting I think we had some very rich discussions on key issues um, and overall um, you know it, it, it's uh, when you look at the outputs from this meeting we've covered a lot of ground um, I think it really put the premium though on the preparation for the meeting, really being clear about what the topics were that we were going to discuss, uh, really working hard to hone um, the issues papers and I think the staff here really um, rose to the challenge and there were a lot of Zoom calls uh, that went into making this meeting a success. Um, but overall I'm, I'm pleased with it, I think we made good progress on the key projects um, I made the analogy that we gave planning permission on a number of projects in our March meeting. This was about putting the foundations in place, and I think we've achieved that. Thank you, Ian. Reflecting on the important discussions this past week, could you please provide a short update on the progress related to the important Conceptual Framework Limited Scope Update and Measurement Projects? Thanks, Ross. Yes, there's a strong connection between the first part of the conceptual framework limited scope update, looking at the measurement chapter and the development of the new exposure draft on measurement. And so it's really important at this meeting that we actually got not only the overall approach sorted, but also the dividing line between the two projects. So turning first to the conceptual framework limited scope update, the really important uh, decision taken here was on the overall measurement hierarchy or framework that we're going to use, uh, building from 
the two measurement models, current value and historical cost uh, models, and then looking at the uh, measurement bases that would sit underneath those, and then the measurement techniques um, that will be used to implement the measurement bases in practice. So that was a very important discussion and, and decision that the board took in approving that uh, hierarchy or framework going forwards. We also discussed the issue about when you bring fair value into the framework, um, as defined in IFRS 13, do you, do you continue to need uh, the uh, market value as a measurement basis? Um, the board decided not, that it could be used as a uh, measurement technique instead, and that it might actually be relevant to a number of different measurement bases. Uh, we also had a discussion about replacement cost, whether that should remain a measurement basis or should become a measurement technique. Um, it certainly is used as a measurement technique under fair value in IFRS 13. We decided that with the introduction of current cost as a measurement basis, that this would become a measurement technique going forwards. We had initial discussion about the further need for value and use as either a measurement basis or a measurement technique uh, and uh, decided that um, because of the uh, need to use it at the moment in uh, our impairment standards uh, that there should be further research to see whether it's actually the same as other measurement techniques that are uh, we're likely to include in the um, exposure draft on measurements or uh, indeed does it remain a measurement basis um, so that's a discussion for September. We looked at the potential use of synergistic and equitable value as measurement bases, um, as uh, raised in the conceptual, as in the consultation paper on measurement, and decided that um, neither should be taken forward as either a basis or a measurement technique. And then finally, we looked at the continued use of entry and exit values um, and uh, decided that um, it's clearly relevant in terms of transaction costs, uh, but the really key thing was to look at every case in terms of the overall measurement objective and whether you were then uh, trying to uh, reflect um, the uh, financial capacity of the asset or the operational capacity. And then um, entry or exit, um, whilst it should be mentioned in the updated chapter of the conceptual framework, uh, would actually become more important at standards level. Turning then to the exposure draft on measurement, we look first at where the guidance should be placed, whether uh, it should be in the conceptual framework limited scope update, um, ED, or whether it should be in ED measurements and particular uh, where the guidance on measurement bases should appear um, and how and where measurement techniques should be discussed and it was agreed that measurement techniques would be discussed in ED measurement uh, measurement bases would be discussed in both with the precise mechanics of that to be determined. We also looked at the uh, use of fair value in our existing literature and whether that remained appropriate with the um, advent of the IFRS 13 definition of fair value. Um, in a number of standards it would remain appropriate but in um, four standards uh, it would not remain appropriate, we'll need to use another term and there are also a number of other standards where we're going to need to take a case-by-case -case basis. We looked at how to address the comments that uh, 
constituents had made on the illustrative exposure draft in uh, that was issued with the consultation paper um, against each of the uh, bases there, fair value, fulfillment value, historical cost and uh, replacement cost, although that will actually become current cost going forwards. Um, so we agreed uh, how to address the editorial comments, but also which were the conceptual issues that further um, consideration was required on in September. Finally, we considered the way forward on the proposed amendments to Ipsos 5 borrowing costs, uh, where the board has decided to maintain the options uh, either to expense or to capitalise in Ipsos 5. Um, so the exposure draft will contain both further bases for conclusions and also some draft uh, implementation um, guidance and examples. Um, so um, the view was because of the size of the package um, that we're likely to approve in September, in December, uh, that in September we should go ahead and approve a separate exposure draft on Ipsos 5 borrowing costs because that is self-standing. So a lot of good decisions taken there which will help us move both the uh, drafting changes to the measurement chapter in the conceptual framework and the development of the EDL measurement forward at our September meeting. Thank you Ian. The IPSASB is building towards the approval of a number of related exposure drafts at the end of 2020. Could you please share your views on the progress on the ED to update IPSAS 17 property plant equipment? and the related heritage assets in infrastructure assets projects? Thanks, Ross. Yes, as you say, there will be a number of interconnected EDs um, that we're planning to approve in December. We've already talked about the uh, measurement chapter of the Conceptual Framework Limited Scope Update and ED measurement. Uh, there will also be an exposure draft on um, the IFRS 5 alignment project, non-current assets available for sale and discontinued operations. So um, then the final component will be the update of IPSA 17. And this will do a number of things. Certainly, um, some of the material that's already in the standard will move into um, the IPSAS measurement as proposed in the consultation paper. Um, so you get material moving out of the standard. And then we're looking to uh, provide additional guidance um, as a result of the projects on heritage and infrastructure. And we discussed a number of the um, enablers for that change. In particular, um, through the board's discussions, we've arrived at the decision that the there are certain characteristics that make both types of assets challenging to account for in certain circumstances. So those characteristics should actually drive um, the uh, additional guidance that we uh, provide. Um, so that was an important uh discussion to have and that will uh, the characteristics for both types of assets will be included in application guidance. We also then um, considered the proposed removal of the um, uh, permission not to capitalise heritage uh, assets, the scope exclusion, um, that will be removed. We approved the drafting on that. And we also considered uh, how to augment the discussion on control of property, plant and equipment, um, which is important for particularly for heritage. Uh, Finally, then, in the context of both projects, we looked at the list of issues uh, that the board had identified a little while back uh, as 
needing to be considered for both projects and determine the actions to take those uh, areas forward, whether that's specific guidance uh, on heritage or infrastructure um, implementation guidance or implementation examples, uh, some of which may be around recognition, some of which may be around uh, measurement. So a lot of good decisions on that. There are a lot of changes coming through and uh, the board agreed that it would look at uh, at least a preliminary version of the updated uh, exposure draft um, ED78 as it will become um, at its mid-period review at the end of July. Um, so that's the final element of that um, 4ED package uh, that we're proposing to approve at the December meeting. Thank you, Ian. As Ian mentioned earlier, the next IPSASB meeting will be held virtually in September 2020. All Meeting Highlights podcasts are available in the meeting section of the IPSASB website, and listeners can find us on iTunes by searching for IFAC Accountancy Podcast. Listeners can also follow us on Twitter at IPSASB underscore news. Thanks for listening and join Ian and I for this podcast. Take care.